0: The Gayly Prophet operates under the assumption that you have read the books. If you haven't read the books, go and read them. They're wonderful. And then come back to us. Otherwise, you're going to be spoiled. And that's your choice in this world.
1: Gay people love bottles. I'm dead. <laughs> we have to stop this podcast. Girl, this book causes Satanism. Is left for us to rant about. There is nothing straight about Plum Velvet. <laughs> you shouldn't have been drinking when I said that.
2: <laughs> Monocles are impractical, but hot. I don't for a second believe that she is a straight person.
1: I mean, I'm definitely here for bisexual Minerva McGonagall. Let's talk about <laughs> Harry Potter.
2: Hello, everyone. You are listening to our season wrap-up episode and I know we said on socials and in a previous episode that this episode would include us addressing some listener feedback but when we recorded what you are going to hear after we finish talking about this we talked for a really long time, you guys. We <laughs> talked for so long. And it was a really beautiful conversation. And I just like couldn't get it short enough for us to actually have time to put in the part where we're answering these questions. But there was one comment that really sat with both of us. And so that one we are going to talk about up here at the front. And then we'll get into the like... Official episode that we recorded with the voice of our spoiler warning, Sarah Sarway. So this is from um, Tiny Lantern on Instagram, who said... I'm like super here for what you're bringing to the HP fan world, but advocating for CPS in the wizarding world is straight up fucked. Youth protection is definitely an arm of colonial governments that mostly separates families. I super agree that someone should have been taking better care of Harry, but like the ministry, they would do a terrible job and tiny lantern. You are correct. And we did a bad job in that discussion. I think what I feel like we were doing was really irresponsibly saying CPS as basically like what we wanted was some sort of intervention. And we were using CPS as like the word for that intervention when in reality what CPS looks like is like absolutely not what that is intervention would be like what we would want it to look like um and i don't know if we were like i don't know thinking about like what cps should be as opposed to what it is but it it was wrong
1: yeah no uh it definitely was a poor word choice and a bit lazy on our part for like not explaining kind of like what we were envisioning some kind of like intervention on Harry's behalf, on his well-being, and you're totally right. CPS is not any kind of standard to like, you know, hold up child advocacy in a lot of ways. It is used to criminalize uh, people of color and poor people to sort of criminalize people doing the best they can or kind of like in these situations, and it's definitely used as more of a threat. And I think a way to kind of punish people of color and poor people in a way that's like not fair and is in fact like really fucked up. And it was irresponsible of us to sort of have this shorthand when we really probably should have just kind of like explored that more and kind of maybe used different phrasing.
2: Yeah. So. Yeah. 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 And that's not even to like get into how terrible the foster system is in this country. And like, how much abuse children suffer at the hands of the foster system and like there there is there is so much wrong yeah and and we don't have a model of what any sort of like child welfare advocacy would look like in the witching world because it doesn't exist and so for us for us to have have used the language of this like inherent like very like violent system that exists in the muggle world as like the term for what we wanted both for harry and for neville because we talked about it in relation to neville too mm-hmm. it, it was it was it was lazy and
1: it <sighs> makes a lot of sense and the fact that there's like kind of like not any kind of shorthand in the book to sort of be like what can be done with this we we went sort of for like the easier answer or the easier way to sort of describe our sort of anger and disgust and sadness about all of these like Harry and Neville being
3: so Mm -hmm. abused.
2: Yeah. Just because, just because the episode that's coming, that's coming up is like so long. I feel like we should stop here, but I'm, I'm going to have a stop here with the promise to not be lazy when it's time to talk about it again.
1: So, uh, yeah, we just want to thank Tiny Lantern for bringing this to our attention. Like, please give us this kind of feedback. We're on this journey together. And if there's something you're just kind of like, if a thing you're just like, you should know about this, please let us know.
2: Yeah. So, oh my God, you guys, the rest of this podcast that you're listening to right now is going to make you cry with laughter. So enjoy the fuck out of it.
1: And with that
2: hello and welcome to the gaily prophet a podcast for two queer irl witches reread harry potter and talk about it i am america's favorite griffin dandy lark malachi gray
1: and i am griffin dyke extraordinaire jesse blount
2: and we have a very special guest today with us the voice of our amazing spoiler warnings <laughs> sarah sarwar is here in the not studio in her own apartment
1: (laughs) in our virtual studio
2: yes uh sarah tell (laughs) the people who you are
0: hi hi everybody i'm sarah um i work for autostraddle.com i'm their visual director and designer i also design merch for autostraddle um and i run their business so i run and collaborate with clients and bring money into the business, which has been a lot of fun. And I do visual stuff for A Camp, so I get to brand um, our queer adult summer camp every year. That's a lot of jobs. Yeah, it's. I think I have actually have more, but those are the ones <laughs> all. Those are the only ones you need to know about. So, yeah. Brad.
1: Yeah. Can we just pause for a minute and remind our readers that they should totally read autostraddle and buy cool merch and uh... i was literally about to do that we're (laughs) all on the
2: same page here oh my god
1: yeah
3: Yeah,
2: speaking of bringing money into autostraddle you clearly (laughs) love queer media so you should probably go uh become a monthly supporter of autostraddle
0: absolutely so that it will stay
2: in existence
0: yeah if you want to do that you can just go on autostraddle.com and click support us and become an a-plus member and all the info's there that would be really cool guys
2: sure would
0: it would be so rad. This
2: has been an advertisement for autostraddle.com. <laughs>
0: okay, so I gotta go, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just using this as my platform. So okay. okay. <laughs> and you can find me on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> I I have to full disclosure. Like on my to do list was like reread the Sorcerer's Stone or like the Philosopher's Stone. I have both of them, but I was like uh, I um, didn't read them. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm like, dude, of course, like I know everything that happens in those books. I've like literally read them so many times. So yeah, I also gave you
2: like four episodes to listen to in like a week and a half. So you did.
0: And I didn't listen to the last one. So if I'm missing out any major information, I'm like, so sorry.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It's going to be great. This is going to
0: be guys. I didn't do my homework, but there's,
2: there's a, a replacement theme song for that for that episode (laughs) there is Uh you have to you have to hear the theme song i'm sorry
0: oh yeah thank you no i would love to are you gonna like i love the opening um
2: it's just for this one episode
0: i just think it's so amazing that you got all that material out of the first episode that you guys recorded i know (laughs)
2: well we recorded for like seven hours that day
0: i remember when you're like here's the cut down it's two hours i'm like like you have to cut this more (laughs) like and you're like i don't want to listen to it again i'm like you have to
2: i know thank you for that by the by okay are you ready yeah my magic brings Voldemort to the yard, and I'm like, it's hurting my scar. Hey man, you're hurting my scar. Grab a space and, and he screams real hard. My magic sends Voldemort from the yard, and I'm like, whoa, this is bizarre. I black out from the pain in my scar when I wake up. double doors real proud. My handshake made Quirrell die real hard. I'm 11, and I killed a teacher. That's right, I committed murder. I feel fucked up, but I won an award.
3: I feel fucked up, but I won an award. I won an award. That's
0: amazing. He did. He did commit murder. That's so true. No one thinks about that. No one talks about Harry Potter as a murderer at eleven years old.
1: (laughs) I think we spent half of the last Uh, episode talking about that. (laughs) Actually, about Uh it's just like what, like. No one ever talks about this again. And it's no. like, what? They're just like, yeah, cool.
0: Good job, bro. Like 100 points for Gryffindor or whatever he got. You know? 60. He got 60. He got 60 points. <laughs> which is like kind of lame
1: considering he committed murder school, like, for the school And you I you You think he, he would have gotten more points for... He
2: only got 10 more points than Ron and Hermione did.
0: Yeah. It's like, but you have, he has like a lifetime of trauma. Like, mm-hmm. you know?
2: It's a big (laughs) trade-off. Okay, that's the most important part of episode ten. So now you're caught up. Okay, okay. Pretend we just did our intro, we talked about the thing. You're listening to our season recap episode, wherein we're gonna talk about things that we really liked and whatever else happens in that conversation, but also we're gonna have a conversation about Harry's journey through the major arcana of tarot. And it's fine if you don't know anything about tarot, because we'll talk about it as we go through it. And Sarah doesn't know anything about tarot. I don't. And so she's here to make sure that...
0: What's the major arcana? here yeah.
2: <laughs> That all of that gets explained to you adequately. So don't cool. panic if you're not a witch. Moral of the story.
0: I'm really excited. I can't wait to learn more about tarot and Harry Potter's relationship with the major arcana yeah which what is that
2: it's well okay the major arcana is like it's called the fool's journey so it's like the cards that don't have suits it's like a story it's like your progression through your life but also like through experiences so it starts with the fool they have what's called a key so it's like the number that it is the fool is key zero and it ends with the world which is key 21 um and it's like the steps on the way from like you as like the novice setting out into the world to you like reaching like completion basically Um, if you know what the hero's journey is, which is like what every fantasy series is following is this Mm -hmm, template called mm -hmm. the hero's journey. It's very similar to that. Wow. So we'll be doing this at the end of every book of like, where, how did Harry like move through this? And this is Jesse's idea. I'm talking about it, but it was Jesse's idea. idea. Yeah. 10 out of 10.
1: I'm very excited about it.
2: But we'll get into that later. Got it. So, yeah, I want to start. I would like to start by making an announcement that Jesse is right 100% of the time, and my Scorpio Rising insists that I fact check Jesse all the time, (laughs) and I can't help it, according to uh, Not All Geminis says that it's not my fault. (laughs) But, like, literally Jesse has been correct Every time that I've been like, wait, no, except I think one time, which was that Quirrell wasn't wearing the turban the first time Harry met him. That is the only exception. <laughs> Hogwarts is definitely in Scotland for sure. Yeah, Centaurs I was really <laughs> <laughs> In Greek I was mythology, really upset with you and like, are what? assholes except for one. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. Whatever. I... I apologize. And Jesse, also, you should be like, Lark, shut the fuck
1: up. I am correct. I <laughs> encourage you to do I that. I would love
0: I to feel hear like... Jesse say
1: shut the fuck up. <laughs> you just say it right now. I feel like I'm probably not going to say that to you ever. <laughs> just like, I, know.
2: I don't know. That's not, that's not on brand for me, sorry. <sighs> I know. What is your rising? Because you are Sagittarius and you should be a lot better at telling me to shut the fuck up.
1: Yeah, I have like cap. Brickhorn Moon. Oh, jeez. I feel like I don't remember what my. I have your
2: chart is. in a text message.
1: <laughs> just a second.
2: <laughs> I think you're a Scorpio rising. Does that mean that you just like build up resentment towards me every time you don't tell me to shut the fuck up? No. <laughs> what do you think, Sarah?
0: Oh, I'm looking for this. My milkshake brings Voldemort to the yard tank top. <laughs> because i really feel like
2: i had no idea there was a tank top that's
3: amazing
0: there's a tank top that i've wanted since 2000 i don't know it's been on my like pinterest board like my first pinterest board i ever made anyways um i so i'm gonna stop being distracted
2: please do (laughs) Uh, listeners we have invited another person with adhd onto this podcast
0: (laughs) It's like, you guys oh, are looking at your phone, no. so I was like, I'll look at my phone, I'll look, at, <laughs> I'll look at for the thing I needed to look for.
2: So silly. Um,
0: but whenever I hear Scorpio, I just think, yikes, and also, I'm just so attracted to you, you know, like, this, like, <laughs> duality of, like, yes, no. <laughs> <laughs> You're Virgo
2: rising. Wild. Yes, I am.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I just found out that that means that, like, part of um, my journey or, like, what I want to put out into the world is, like, that of correctness uh-huh. and, like, of specific, like, information. And, like, that's my desire anyway, and, like, that's what I want to project into the world. And um, and then Natasha told me yesterday, my friend told me yesterday that I'm earth, wind, and fire, or earth, air, and fire, basically, because uh-huh. I'm an air sign Sun, and then, what's a Virgo? Like, uh, water?
2: No, Earth.
0: Earth? I was like, wow, that's really balanced. Really good about that. Um, I'm an Aries moon, which is fire. So, Earth, fire, and air. with wind and fire.
2: Yeah. Cute. Do you
0: remember the 21st night of September? What? No? Guys? Oh my god.
3: What?
2: Yeah, we have no idea what you're talking about. The
0: Earth, Wind, and Fire song, September... <laughs> okay, moving on. <laughs> it's a bop.
2: Um, okay. So Sarah is yes. like our biggest fan. <laughs> I am. I love you guys. Um, and we'll like for the first I don't know month that the podcast was out, like literally two days after an episode came out, Sarah would text me and be like, Where is a new episode? <laughs> <laughs> um and also is responsible for our episodes not being absurdly long so you can all um email her and say thank you uh but so i guess i know you don't want to be responsible for leading this conversation but like what were the parts that made you excited in the beginning like where where is like your your dedication rooted (laughs)
0: Um, first of all, I, like, just think that, like, I've consumed a, like, I've had a relationship with this, I, like, call it a franchise, because it is, for a really long time, like, I read the books when I was young, and ever since then, like, anything that's come out about Harry Potter, like, a podcast, like, when you told me about that podcast, which please, which please, I totally consumed it immediately, like, I, I just feel like a lot of, my immersion in the fandom has been so one note and which please was really interesting because it was like it explored it in a more like intellectual way or in in a way scholarly in a scholarly way. (laughs) It's hosted
2: by two lady scholars, quote unquote. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Two lady scholars just diving deep into the text, into the paratext, like it was cool. It was like a really interesting way to look at the books that I'd never and it was the first time that I heard them um the like it really like being criticized in a way that was really smart <laughs> and what I love about your podcast is it follows a similar um like path where i've I've never heard this series be rat so hard. <laughs> but in such an accurate way and um and it's just refreshing uh to to hear that and to hear your perspectives because both of you are super smart and have a lot of interesting ideas like Hagrid as a trans woman is a great great theory um and I just love I love the way that you kind of expose Like, the fact that Hogwarts is, like, a bad school. Like, no one talks about it, but it's not a good school. And Dumbledore's creepy. Like, (laughs) you know? It is, like, the things that you say, like, you're not afraid to just be really, um, really be honest about uh, some of the stuff in the books that's just, frankly, hilarious. And, um, yeah, and you guys make me laugh. So a a question
2: that I have is... So we are very much, like, you know, close reading and, like, critiquing the books, but I feel like it's obvious to us that we're doing it because we, like, very much love Harry Potter, but I have become curious over time about whether or not other people are reading, like, hearing the fact that we love Harry
0: Potter. <laughs> when- no, it's so, it's nuanced as fuck because I think that, like, can I say fuck? Fuck.
2: Um yes.
0: Okay. Yeah, I think cuz I I think that I know you and I know like your intentions and that like part of your like the way that you your lens on the world is to to pick things apart and look at them in, in those ways and find dragging me right now. Yeah. yeah. So like, I know, but you have like four different, you have a Harry Potter podcast. Obviously you love it. It's not like you're doing it because you hate it. Um, But I did have that thought when I was listening to it the other day, like I was like, I wonder if people realize that like Lark specifically is like making, like finding all these faults because Like, he loves it so much because he, like, I don't know how to describe it. It was kind of, like, it was just this, like, very brief, like, thought that flitted across my brain. Like, because I know you're not actually doing it in anger. Like,
1: I mean, there's some things we are doing in anger, actually.
0: (laughs) Um.
3: It's, like, Can the I same as when I embarrass
2: example. you in public by, like, calling things bullshit too loudly in front of the people that
3: are performing. Sure, sure, yeah. <laughs> sure.
0: Yeah, that's an interesting thought. I think it's definitely um, – that's, that's what I like about it, though. It's, like, distinctive – not only because of the gay angle. Like, I only want to, like, consume gay media and, like, have gay people telling their gay voices in my head and gay stories, like <laughs> – told to me like I don't want anything else so it's very cool that part of it but honestly it doesn't feel like that that's like the the crux of it the crux of it is that it's just like very funny to drag this, this series I think
2: so I think and I I don't know if it comes across but like my hope is that I feel like the most loving thing that we can do is Call people in, right? Is mm-hmm. be like I respect you enough to help you grow as a person, and I kind mm-hmm. of feel like our podcast is like calling in Harry Potter, um, yeah. and I think I I feel like that's like the intention. Does that feel right to you, Jesse? Yeah,
1: I mean it feels right because I actually do listen to a podcast where two dudes talk about terrible books. Um, and it is very funny, but it's like, it's a very different kind of, I I feel like, you know, there's a way to be like, wow, this thing is so terrible. It's funny, but also it's really terrible where I feel like, I feel like, you know, we say some things in the, like about the books where it's like, oh, it's really shitty about like Dumbledore and his whole deal. But like, (laughs) we still really love the series and the characters, you know? So...
2: Right, we're, like, dedicated enough to them to, like, tell them when they're fucking up.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah.
2: Obviously, they can't hear us because they're fictional. (laughs) But, um, yeah, I feel like anyone who thinks that we are doing this because we dislike the book should definitely like hop over to com slash the gaily and listen to the free for everyone regardless of whether or not you're a patron episode of witch weekly our gossip magazine where we literally you guys we talk about this quote-unquote like esoteric witchy podcast hosted by a white man with dreads in which <laughs> jesse says that white people with dreads can't have good sex because they hate themselves too much <laughs> Which is something that I will never forget. (laughs) Uh, So if you want to hear what we sound like when we hate something,
0: (laughs) just go listen to that.
3: Oh my God. I think,
0: I think, I think that there are a lot of fans who hold this series in their heart, like as like a source of comfort. It's kind of like, when you, when you read it, you feel like you're back in that place when you first read the books, right? And so there's, like, a nostalgia to it, but it's also, like, I know a lot of people that don't engage in, like, the Twitter stuff with Harry Potter or, like, critique it at all or, like, even know, you know, the problems with it because, like, they've spent... They, like, they just want to see it for, like, what it gave to them and what it brought to their lives, which I think is, like, pretty cool, but I also really enjoy... I, there's definitely a large group of people who enjoy dissecting it
2: I mean it is at least for me it's like still that it's still a place of comfort it, there's a reason totally. that I like read Harry Potter in an endless loop to fall asleep to <laughs> for like five years of my life yeah if anyone's been curious about like why I can quote directly from all of the books <laughs> it's because I have <laughs> literally read them like hundreds of times
0: yeah <laughs> absolutely
2: and I so I just don't think that like those things need to be separated like I think that we need to be able to critique things that we love you know
1: yeah and I I think like I love the I love I love the Harry Potter series like since I was like you know 12 or 13 or whatever and I think like what continues to bring me joy which is sort of The reason I we started this podcast is that I really love talking to other people about Harry Potter, like, and I feel like Mm -hmm. people who like love the series like have a lot of feelings about the series, and it's just always a joy to talk to people about like how McGonagall is is clearly a queer lady,
3: (laughs) you know?
0: (laughs) Absolutely, because it's like a shared experience, and like that's, and we all sort of had it at least like around the same ages and grew up with it and it's something again that's been read by like a lot of us so many times that it's it's just like yeah it's a shared it's a shared experience which is really incredible and also Harry Potter is like gay like that's the story arc of Harry Potter like he's coming out of the closet right <laughs> i mean <laughs> we love, literally. love that why do love that
2: Oh man, I'm going to use Mr. Brightside (laughs) as one of the book recap (laughs) songs for a future book. Uh,
1: (laughs) yeah.
2: Uh, okay. So is there anything else that like pre-us digging into tarot stuff that you guys want to talk about?
3: Technology Curse Alert. Hey listeners, if you're
0: if you can, um, go to Patreon right now and donate <laughs> to The Gailey Prophet so that Jessie can get a higher um, speed on her internet.
1: Mm-hmm. So oh yeah, that, I, I do need to do that, actually. You
0: know, everybody just go <laughs> right now.
2: Alright, should we talk about tarot? Yeah. Sure. Yeah, Sarah, what is your experience with tarot?
0: Uh, one time you gave me a tarot reading that changed my life, um, and I moved to Portland and broke up with my long-term partner. <laughs> um, <laughs>
1: that is quite the tarot reading, actually. I'm really yeah. good at
2: tarot readings, you guys.
1: That's <laughs> why um, so I, can I do them
2: professionally. <laughs> you can book a reading with me at larkmalachi.com.
0: Good, yeah, and just pre-warning, like, you have to be ready because I wasn't ready.
2: You clearly I... were.
0: No, I was not. I gave you not. a tarot
2: reading. We came to Portland together and both decided to move here. It was no, exactly it was the right exactly time. No, exactly what I
0: needed. But, like, also I wasn't ready. Oh, I see. Um, right then, you know. Yeah. Like, I wasn't ready for the information. But sometimes it's important to just be, like, slapped in the face, I guess. Or get a bucket of ice water dumped over your whole face. <laughs>
2: Okay. Now I feel guilty.
0: <laughs> what? No, don't feel guilty. Obviously look look where I am now. I'm now very know. happy and this is important for me to know. Um you guys like basically was like, You have to work through some traumatic stuff and I was like, You're right and then and now I'm doing it and Now you see two say,
2: therapists.
0: I was seeing two therapists at one point. Not like different, like not like a physical therapist and a you know Regular therapist, but just two people listening to me back to back for like <laughs> two months. And then people said, uh, I don't think you're allowed to do that. And so then I stopped and I had to pick one. But you're I'm, totally
2: allowed to see two therapists. Fuck all those
3: people thanks. who said that to you.
0: Yeah. I mean, I feel like it's just like people who are like monogamous. They're like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Oh, it's like God. only sometimes though. Um, but I yeah that's my experience and I like I don't know very much about it
2: cool all right so clear obviously I am a tarot reader I read tarot professionally as part of my work Jesse also is a tarot reader oh
3: my gosh
2: do you want to talk about that at all Jesse
1: uh, I don't really read professionally but I did last fall do some short readings at the public library for a harry potter event they had (gasps) (laughs) so i gave a lot of readings to children which was actually a lot of fun that's so cute Jesse
2: may not read professionally, but Jesse is a person that I turn to when I can't interpret my own cards, which is a thing, because it turns out I'm really biased about my own life, and so it's really hard (laughs) to read my own cards. And also, similarly, I have a hard time reading my partner's cards, and so both of us often turn to Jesse when we need things clarified. For instance, what job my partner should take when we moved to Portland when he had three different job offers, so... (laughs) So I I feel like that's a, a high endorsement.
1: If you join our Patreon at the highest level, <laughs> I can give you a terror reading.
2: Oh my God, we should add
0: that. Oh, that's such a good idea. Like once also, a month? anything that Jesse says, like in that voice is like very convincing. <laughs> like anything that you need people to do, you should
1: just get Jesse to say it. So like, <laughs> in my in like my business professional voice.
0: <laughs> it's no, it doesn't sound perfect like it sounds like the voice that you hear when you like die and it's like everything will be fine. Like you're gonna be do you're gonna be great. You know? Oh, like that yeah. it's like this like deep, soothing, like all knowing kind of voice. It's nice. It is nice. It's God's voice. Or, of... or
1: Death from the Sandman series, if, any, if you're familiar. I think you're, you're alone there.
2: That's up. I tried okay, really hard. Cool. It didn't
1: work. That's fair.
2: Okay. But, oh, so speaking of voices, I was listening back to our first couple of episodes uh, yesterday, and it is, like, really trippy to listen to my voice drop in real time.
1: You know, I was actually thinking about that because I was listening to the first couple episodes, and I'm like, why does this sound different? And I'm like, oh, yeah, Lark's voice is, like, much deeper now.
2: I think I'm going currently my like third very dramatic step down is is in progress. If I haven't started squeaking yet, which is great, because those episodes where I was real squeaky were a little bit embarrassing.
0: <laughs> you should tell everyone how I reacted to your voice. Oh my god! <laughs> taking tea.
2: <laughs> yeah, when my second voice drop happened, the first time that I because it happens in like one day. Like, it starts for, like, a little bit, and then it's, like, I wake up in the morning, and I'm like, oh, wow, that's a whole new voice, and then I have to, like, adjust to it, which is when the squeaking happens. Uh, but the first time I saw Sarah after my second voice drop, she was, like, freaking out. <laughs> um, very uh sexually <laughs> like being like, your voice sounds like thunder will you tell me a story oh my god
0: your voice sounds like thunder.
2: that's what you said you said it like three times and then i, oh read, my you, god. I read you i read you I t- that uh harry potter chapter that was generated by a bot which if anyone hasn't read that you should go find it right now because it's you so you literally
0: funny. should It's well, you should do it for Patreon content. Like, read it. Oh my god. Because your voice sounds even more
1: thunderous. (laughs) (laughs) That actually would be pretty great because that whole thing is very
2: funny. I will definitely do that. I would, anytime that I get to say Ron's Ron shirt was worse than Ron himself, I am like (laughs) here for that content.
3: (laughs) (sighs) Oh my god.
2: Oh. Uh. That bot really read Harry Potter, right? <laughs> it was yeah. on the same page as our podcast.
3: <laughs> the
1: ro- the robots are already doing better than the rest of us. It's just, you know. It's true. Yeah. yeah. All
2: right. All right. All right. We've been talking for an hour. So <laughs> let's talk about Tara. We're
1: going to have a lot of really great, uh, you know, deep director's cut to put on Patreon. That's all.
2: Oh, that's true. If anyone wants to hear about our respective sex lives, just head on over to <laughs> Patreon.com. And sign up. We talked, all right, so Sarah's relationship with tarot, we did that. The Major Arcana, we talked about how that works a little bit. So let's start with Key Zero, the Fool. Look at this Wait. adorable tarot deck. Uh-oh, what's that? Wait,
1: sorry. Uh, should we, like, take it even a little bit baby steps and sort of explain what tarot is, or, we should, or should we just assume people know?
2: If you don't know what tarot is, please pause this podcast and Google it and come back.
0: (laughs) Whoa, no. Well, the whole reason that I'm here is so that I can be like, I don't know what that means, right? But
2: they've read Harry Potter, and so they know that it's a form of divination.
0: I mean, divination from that
2: It's way more legit than it seems like it is from Trelawney.
0: Though to be (laughs)
2: fair, every fucking card that she pulls is true. Like, she's wandering down the halls being like, the tower, the tower. And it's like, yes, the fucking tower. Something terrible is going to happen. And it does. (laughs) And it happens on a literal tower. So, like, she's a joke, but, like, she's still her tarot reading is correct. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, Tarot just tells you what's true via cards. But so we start with Key Zero, which is the Fool, which is like you're setting out on a journey and like it can go one way or another. Obviously, this is where Harry is at the beginning of the book.
1: And it's just like, I think kind of even like overall for book one, it's sort of like one of the big themes is like Harry learning about himself and sort of his place in the witching world and kind of like what that means for him. So one of the whole threads of in like Sorcerer's Stone is like sort of Harry like taking that first step into his into his full into his hero's journey and sort of like he makes these lifelong friends and enemies and he finds out a little bit more about himself and his past and like, you know, in the first like four chapters like he just he doesn't know like so much about himself. Like, right. even less than, like, because, you know, he's living, you know, now with his, like, you know, birth parents and, like, you know, no one has told him really who he is and, like, what he can do. He starts off at zero, basically, and then, mm-hmm. like, by the end of book one, like, he's, like, I know who I am and, like, what I am and also sort of a little bit, like, where, the like, the path that my life has been set on, which is sort of to defeat Voldemort.
2: Yeah, something that I thought was interesting when I was going through this was, like, how many of the cards in the Major Arcana, I was like, this is where Harry is at the end of the book. So I, I do want to say, like, this is a stepwise process, but, like, that doesn't mean that it goes in linear order and, like, you can be engaging in multiple steps at once. And, like, some of the steps aren't even you so like we'll talk about some of these cards as being other people in harry's life that are like playing a role so like for instance key one is the magician which is all about like
3: Mm.
2: creation and like like the magician usually is represented with all four suits of the tarot which is wands cups pentacles and swords and like the magician is like bringing all of those together and like manifesting their power and i feel like harry comes into that when he gets to hogwarts but he's still there when he leaves hogwarts right like he's gonna sort of stay at the magician i think through the end of the seventh book does that feel right
1: yeah it does
0: i have a question yeah so even though he's like kind of at the standstill, this major arc or whatever is that in relation to like Harry from now until when he ultimately I know this is a spoiler free podcast but like what? you know it's the opposite of a spoiler free podcast <laughs> I mean no, sorry a spoiler full podcast obviously sorry but that's uh, he defeats Voldemort eventually right that's the arc the major arc but also couldn't he move through like like microcosmic journeys in each book is that kind of like what you're
2: yeah so he goes through a form of the hero's journey or the fool's journey in each book and so we'll talk about it like that and then presumably at the end of the series we'll like do one where we talk about it in terms of book seven but then we'll do one where we talk about it in terms of the whole series
0: cool interesting
2: Yeah, and so, like, you said standstill when you talked about this, but, like, because the magician is a card of, like, creative energy, it's not actually a standstill. It's just sort of, like, a state of being where he's, like, manifesting and learning and, like, creating, like, his, you know, sense of self or whatever.
1: And, I mean, especially since, like, every in every book, every year, like, Harry gets more powerful or or is better able to tap into his innate power. It's a little bit confusing which is which because the magic the logistics of how the magic works in the series is never really stated so i guess we can assume that like harry is tapping into more of his power let's say right so like yeah so like every year he's still embodying the magician because he's still learning more and like at being able to access more of like all of his power and like knowledge and
2: and i think truthfully like we should all aim to constantly be manifesting the magician like you don't ever want to get to a point where you're not like putting that like creative energy towards your trajectory in life because Mm -hmm. that's like what helps you grow as a person Mm
3: -hmm.
2: what are your thoughts jesse on key two like on the high priestess which is like Intuition and like listening to yourself and being connected to like the universe.
1: You know, I was kind of, I was thinking, I was trying to figure out a little bit if Harry, if like, if Harry ends up kind of embodying like the high priestess like energy towards the end of the book or if that's sort of like where Hermione kind of like, kind of like her journey in the series in the first book Interesting. ends up being. I
2: think Hermione's the Hierophant.
1: That does make sense.
2: So I get stuck on the high priestess because we do see Harry at least himself thinking that he is moving into a place where he's like trusting his intuition and like moving past his imposter syndrome. But how much given that we are reading the text as like Dumbledore is playing chess with Harry, how much can we actually credit Harry with this and how much of it is actually him being manipulated by Dumbledore?
3: (laughs) Oh my God.
1: I mean, I really feel like then he maybe doesn't totally tap into, like, sort of, like, high priestess energy until, like, book, seven. book four. I mean, seven is, like, he is like, gone through the fool's journey so much that he is, like, I am ready to, to die. Like, that is sort of, like, the kind of this end goal of the fool's journey is him stepping into this unknown that is death, which I have a lot of feelings about. <laughs> it's intense. Yeah, but I feel like... I maybe mean, not even in book four because in book four he's still being manipulated just by a different person maybe book five when he's like taking it upon himself to teach the other students and he's just kind of like you know mm. what fuck all you adults because that's definitely his fuck all you adults book yeah it really is <laughs> yeah yeah absolutely the,
2: the most empowering of the books i think and what yeah. happens in that book dumbledore is absent
3: hmm <laughs> <laughs>
0: interesting Uh, (laughs) curiouser and curiouser (laughs) (laughs) curiouser and curiouser what do you
2: what do you think sarah in terms of like manipulation versus versus him like coming into his own trust in himself
0: i mean that's like a fairly new idea and concept for me as far as like thinking about harry being heavily manipulated by dumbledore so I think I would probably have to sit with that for a second. I think that does make a lot of sense. And I think, like, also sort of, like, I feel like it could mirror a lot of the experience of growing up, right? Like, being guided by adults in your life and, like, having this, like, overarching force, but, like, having that breaking away from that. And so Carrie's, like, 11 at this point. So, of course, he's like a lot like and also he's been given like has this like huge burden sort of to carry and he's only 11 and so like it's it's i think acceptable that Voldem- or that voldemort
2: <laughs> this that keeps happening this dumbledore voldemort <laughs> mistake verbal, Does it?
0: verbal mistake
1: yes yeah we've, we've both yeah, done yeah, it we well, we'll... we both will say one the other and we mean yeah
0: so. or Dumbledore I guess it's like the maybe it's the syllable I don't know it's but... also
2: the fact that they're very similar <laughs> <laughs>
0: they're the same like let's not yeah I think it, it's acceptable that he's that Dumbledore is guiding Harry it was just um, wouldn't it be win? so much
2: better if he was guiding him overtly so that Harry was aware of it
0: I mean sure that would be a lot less creepy if and he didn't whisper gently gas-light-y. in Harry's ear well done here right good
2: Good job not thinking about the mirror
3: (laughs) (laughs) i
0: think that like i don't know if there's like a resolution there but that's sort of
1: i mean and he still like he makes it he he makes the decision and he like stands by the decision that he made you Mm -hmm. know like even like in the last chapter when Hermione's like, I think Dumbledore did it on purpose, that's messed up. And he's like, oh no, I think it's fine that I got to make this decision to like head on Voldemort. You know? And yeah, despite how we're know that is messed up, like Harry is sort of like, this is this is a thing I kind of needed to do almost.
2: Mm-hmm. Cool. Alright. <sighs> Are we ready to hop back into the tarot? Absolutely so it is time. I'm really excited. It's time for us to talk about the fact that Hagrid is the fucking Empress. I
1: know! Yes!
2: So, Sarah, the Empress is, like, the mom of mm. the tarot.
3: Yes! Um,
2: she, like... I mean, the Empress... Like, none of the tarot cards are inherently gendered. Mm-hmm,
3: mm-hmm. But,
2: like, the Empress is, like, the archetypical mother energy. Totally. Card. And... Even pre us realizing that Hagrid is a trans woman, there was like no question of like what card Hagrid would be.
1: There, there is there is no question. Like Hagrid is the emperor. Like that's that's just it. Yeah. Like caring and nurturing and like motherly and like all of like that's that's that is just who they are.
2: Yeah, and like. Honestly, so I know that like the series wants Molly Weasley to be like the mother of the series, but I think that a lot of what's important about the Empress is that there's like a lack of judgment there and she doesn't have that, but Hagrid does. Mm -hmm. Like Hagrid is very, like is what unconditional love looks like, like parental unconditional love where it's just like, yeah, no, like you're. I'm here for you no matter what is going on.
1: I think it's also really great to think about Hagrid as the Empress. So, like, there's a thing in tarot where you have like a birth card where if you add up like all of the numbers in your birth date, and depending if they correspond to like number nine or below, you can like, you know, divide the two to get like, you know, the number card that is like sort of like your, the card that represents like you. And my card is the Empress which I had, like, a really hard time with because I'm just, like, I don't really connect with children that way, and I feel Mm -hmm. like a lot of it is very... A lot of the literature is very, like, traditional, like, fertile mothering energy, and so I'm kind of like, this isn't really me, but I feel like... Because there's also a lot of, like, queer interpretations of the tarot, or or just is just like, kind of nurturing just sort of like generous and like open sort of maternal in a way that doesn't necessarily mean that it's like based in like what your biological body can do i mean this is all to say that like hagrid's nurturing and energy to like living things that hagrid feels they need to protect and nurture is very much like a thing that has like sort of helped me like deeper understand like the empress is a card and a concept so yeah that's
0: really cool and it, like that it doesn't have to be about literal, like biological children, like just like the queer community has this like chosen family and we have these people in our lives that we bring in and we and care for and nurture fur children our for and our fur babies like where queer people love fur babies, yeah. they really love them. And like, yeah, so there's like, this really sense of like, that family doesn't have to be this like one thing. Yeah. And that's like a really great thing that like Hagrid like opened that up and showed you that. So that makes total sense. You have a very nurturing personality.
2: Totally. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like Hagrid also is like really tied in with the like ways that queer communities create and choose our own families also because of the way that she's like ostracized and the way that she's othered in Mm. that like a lot of it is that like we don't have a choice because often our families of origin are like not an option right yeah usually by by their choices and not ours right? right and so like I mean Hagrid's mom like abandoned her and her dad is dead and You know, despite the fact that, like, her dad was, like, super nurturing and great, like, she doesn't have access to that, and then, like, the rest of the witching world is very, like, not sure, right? Not sure about how to (laughs) interact with her, and, Mm -hmm. like, she does have chosen family. Like, her chosen family is Dumbledore, and, like, for better or worse, that's, that's like, a a legitimate, like, Mm -hmm. parental... Figure for her, and I think Dumbledore is better to Hagrid than almost anybody, than he is to almost anyone else, right? Mm
3: -hmm. Yeah, I mean, Mm -hmm. I would
1: say so, and I just also want to kind of mention who is in Hagrid's chosen family is beings that are common in the witching world as being misunderstood. Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, we'll get into this more in book two, but like they get expelled from Hogwarts, sort of protecting. I mean. Being blamed by Tom Myrtle, but also protecting Aragog, who is a literal dangerous, like, person eating giant spider, which I think for a lot of people would be like, <laughs> why, what, what are you doing? Like, why would you keep or protect this, like, quote unquote, dangerous being? But Ooh. for Hagrid, it's like, Aragog's is misunderstood. Like, it's just a little, you know, magical being doing its own, you know, thing. It's like, that's my friend. You know, yeah, and Eirgard continues to be you know Hagrid's friend and family in a sense. So, yeah,
0: yeah. I just keep thinking of the blast-ended scroots and like how Hagrid is just so into them. Like, yeah. just like guys, look how cute they are. Oh, those let's little- see if they want to
2: hibernate. Let's <laughs> tuck them in with these pillows and blankets.
3: <laughs> <laughs> oh god.
2: Yeah. And I it's like the further into this we get, the more it's like Hagrid is like literally just like an uh what the fuck A word am I looking for? Allegory for the Ooh. queer community. <laughs> and like the way that the way that like queerness exists in the world as the world is currently.
1: And I also, I think I want to expand upon that is, like, an allegory for the kind of queerness that you can't really hide. Mm-hmm. Like, Hagrid sort of, Hagrid doesn't, like, quote-unquote, pass as, like, a regular witch. But it's sort of by, like, they don't necessarily uh, divulge that information. And, like, maybe people just aren't really going to ask. Mm. Hagrid, Hagrid isn't, isn't passing. Like, it's, you know people are gonna view them as like not not quite like something is just like not quite normal you know right mm-hmm.
3: yeah
0: which is such a like queer person like experience like you know' it's some in 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 some ways more potently than others but I think that like in a in a like cultural sense like you're moving through the world feeling othered already by by your queerness and by your the fact that you're not the same as majority of the people that you're interacting with on a daily basis
3: right
0: and so like she is like I think a representation too of what a lot of the queer community looks for like I personally like have um like a like I don't feel connected to my parents and like I don't have the experience of feeling like my parents understand me which I know is like a very universal ubiquitous queer experience but like I also think that because of that we look for like not only family but specifically like authority figures or people in our lives that are like motherly or fatherly and like having moms or dads like is totally like I personally am like continuously finding new ways to like make my queer friends my mother or my father just Mm -hmm. like my friend c who lark and i know both know is definitely dad like their dad they come and help me nail things into my wall and like take me on like lunch trips and like I'm like want to go get ice cream come on like totally
2: I text C when I like my executive dysfunction won't like make me do something that I'm like afraid of like making doctor's appointments I will text C and be like can you be my dad for a minute like can you make me make this phone call and they're like there they're just like yeah like what is your block here are your steps this is what I need you to do right now and I'm just like, thank you. <laughs> thank you so much.
3: Yes.
1: Two of my best friends are like that. Um, I, joking but not jokingly, refer to them as my gay uncles. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes. Because they're who I call, like, they are they both have, like, uh, mechanic background. So I'm like, what's going on with my car? And I'll like, <laughs> call, I'll, like, text one of them or it's like...
2: Yeah, I feel like, like, a lot of people call me and evan their dads too which i think including you sarah yeah like no
0: like the whole time i was hanging out with your dogs i was like your dad's blah 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 like and me and natasha were um your lesbian aunties We're like your lesbian aunties are here you know and like totally yeah. like
2: yeah i feel like evan is like fixing things dad and oh i'm like feelings dad like yeah, like, that's and that, yeah, like, I really <laughs> like being able to provide that to my community. Like, I have, like, an entire, like, family of, like, adopted queer children at A-Camp who are like, oh, my dad is here. Like, can you listen to my problems? Oh, <laughs> um, I
0: love right? that.
2: But, yeah, but, like, also then, like, I'm still in the position of being like, no, I need to find right? Absolutely. My, my parents.
1: So what we're saying... <laughs> Listeners, if anyone wants to be our uh, gay dads
2: um, or, we're, or, we're moms.
1: or moms or, moms, or parents, I, you know, that not... maternal
2: energy, if anybody just wants to, like, give me a hug that makes me feel like everything is OK and let me weep softly into their shoulder, I am on the market. Thank you very much.
0: You can weep softly into my shoulder anytime. <laughs> 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 I don't have a. Very maternal instinct, but I feel like I'm developing it. I think
3: that's and, true. And I
0: think that that's an interesting idea, too, is that, like, family doesn't look one way, right? Because we're queer and because we, like, fuck gender and, like, do all this stuff. Like, like we also, like, we're looking for support just as much as we're willing to give it. And, like, I think that, like, a lot of my trauma and the way that it's manifested is that it's really hard for me to ask for help and ask for people to be nurturing. So it's so incredible like how so much of the queer community is just willing to hold space for our queer friends because we have this like like the way that Hagrid does basically hold space for Harry she's always right there like waiting to embrace him and like like give you know give him the support that he needs and bake rock cakes (laughs) but you know ultimately is there and I think that that's like One of the things that was really, that still I'm trying to wrap my head around is, like, that people actually are, like, it gives them joy to hold me up, like, and that they're, that they, like, are okay with doing it and it's not hard, you know?
2: Totally, yeah. I think it's, like, so hard for people who have been rejected by our families of origin to trust in that way and to like believe that someone will like be there and not leave right like if Mm -hmm. you get vulnerable or if you like expose yourself in that way and so it is like it's really hard to take that leap I think we all just need to watch that one episode of the latest season of Queer Eye on repeat and be like Mm
0: -hmm, mm -hmm, it's okay mm -hmm. it's okay it's okay it's okay it's okay it's okay it's okay (laughs)
1: wait which one are you talking
2: about uh the one the like i think it's called black girl magic
1: Mm -hmm. oh yeah i love that one i like almost cried multiple times i
2: cried three separate times watching that season of queer Eye. at least three
1: wait Wait. you only cried three times during the whole season
2: i think so i was squishier one night than others
1: (laughs) um i just want to give you an update that uh that same woman like Janelle Monáe tweeted that she was also that that was her hero which I would have I would have like fainted but then some fans created a like GoFundMe so that so that she could go back to like school for like computer science and like she made a lot of money and she's gonna go oh no she's gonna go back to school and be her best like queer self and like learn about computers and it's a very warm fuzzy
0: now I'm gonna cry again (laughs) we invited her to a camp and she said yes are you serious yeah
2: Oh my God!
0: That's incredible. So, I hope she comes, actually comes. But now that Janelle Monae is like tweeting at her, I don't know. You know, she might be too.
2: Fuck off.
0: <laughs> Isn't
2: Roxanne Gay going to be at a camp?
0: Hmm? Isn't Roxanne Roxane... Gay
2: going to be yeah. at a camp? Oh, can't yes. believe yeah. I'm not going this year. But so that was a great conversation.
1: <laughs> Should we talk about Harry's Chosen Family, which is?
2: Yeah, let's talk about Harry's chosen family.
1: Dumbledore, kind of, in a yeah. sort of emperor sort of, you know, sort mm-hmm. of way.
2: Yeah, in a like inaccessible dad way, which <laughs> yeah. we are going to talk yeah. about Absent in the next part. Yeah, <laughs> yep. just coming he, in with expectations and leaving again without offering <laughs> anything
3: in <laughs> <laughs> return. Sure, so. sure, that is exactly what he's doing. Oh, um, but yeah. yeah.
1: But yeah, Hermione and Ron as Harry's absent father, chosen family.
2: Um. Yeah, and Hagrid, and then the Weasleys, like mm-hmm. in general. But we don't see that yet, so I guess that conversation will be more in the next, the next
1: book. Yeah, yeah. I feel like I maybe had a bit of a trickier time trying to figure out like Hermione and Ron in terms of like, like the tarot. But I've got
2: Hermione. I have no idea what card Ron would be. I couldn't figure it out.
1: Yeah, I think it's. I feel like it's a little bit. I feel like he's a little bit tricky in this book because, like, he is super supporting of Harry, but also just such a complete asshole. I
2: think that you know it's. I I actually like so. I... We'll talk about, I think that Hermione is the Hierophant, but I don't, I think that that's just like a role that Hermione is playing and that's not the card that represents her. I don't think that Ron or Hermione, either of them, would be Major Arcana. Like, I think Fair. they both would be like, um, royals. That's not the word that I'm looking for, but.
1: The court cards.
2: Yeah, the court, they would be court cards. I think probably in terms of his volatility, Ron is probably either the page or the Knight of Wands
0: guys yeah what are those things
2: yeah (laughs) so the court cards like in the so the minor arcana are the ones that more or less line up with playing cards so they go from ace to king but they have Mm. an extra royal basically so instead of just like jack queen king they have page page knight queen king which are sometimes called other things. So mm-hmm. sometimes it's like um, daughter, son, mother, father. I know that there are some that are like genderless, but I don't know what words. They well, use.
1: I have, I have the autostraddle article about this exact same thing pulled up. Uh, we'll have nice. the link to this in our show notes. Um, well, what is
0: autostraddle? straddle? dot com.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so the, the Slow Holler Tarot, which is a, like, queer southern tarot deck, which is really rad. Mm. Um, they break down the uh, court cards as student, traveler, visionary, and architect.
2: Yeah, that's nice.
1: Yeah, which is like pretty rad. Yeah, I think that's maybe, like, my favorite one. There's also another tarot deck. that The Collective Tarot has Seeker, Apprentice, Artist, and Mentor so Mm. but I think in general quite a lot of them are like gendered like the wild unknown the deck that I have it's like daughter son mother father Mm. yeah
0: and so like how does this play in so like the major arcana is like a, it's an arc it's a it's the journey of a one from point a to z I guess but like how does the the minor arcana like loop
1: in there major arcana is sort of like big picture stuff and the mm-hmm. minor arcana is sort of like
2: moment to moment
1: yeah like moment to moment day to day like you know it's sort of it can change sort of like with the circumstance of your you know day or week or whatever
2: yeah so. and you have a lot of control over the the minor arcana like you can be like i don't want that to be my outcome and i'm gonna take steps to avoid it whereas like with major arcana stuff it's more like okay this thing is coming and i'm gonna take steps to prepare myself for it but the court cards in the minor arcana often represent people like in your life like they are people they're the only ones that are like people as opposed to like situations basically Mm -hmm. and they often like stand for people in your life not always sometimes they're you or like whatever but a lot of the time they are like showing up as like influences
0: supporting roles like in your life mm-hmm. things that are like basically the like tertiary characters that are like not majorly influencing your story but like are part of your story.
2: Yeah, and the major arcana are all archetypes, right? Like if you think yeah. about like, you know, Jungian archetypes, like the mm-hmm. tarot is like huge in terms of like what Jung was talking about. Um so then yeah, in this case like Ron and Hermione are not archetypes right like they Mm -hmm. aren't showing up in that way so i think that they're probably court cards Mm -hmm. and going back to my hypothesis of a moment ago i strike the idea that ron would be the page of wands i think that ron would be the knight of wands the knight of wands is very like let's go like (laughs) very just like i don't know there's not a lot of like critical thinking There And, like, (laughs) they can be very kind and, like, very much, like, bring the life of the party and, like, really make things feel great. But they can also just, like, be going in the wrong fucking direction (laughs) and, like, (laughs) do it super wrong and, like, not even have a second thought about it.
3: Mm -hmm.
2: Does that feel right to you, Jesse?
1: Yeah, definitely.
2: And then I feel like Hermione would be swords like she would be the knight or the page the knight, the knight, the page one of those of swords because the swords family is all about like logic and like clear thinking and like cutting to the chase and like not talking around things Mm -hmm. so like swords is the family of like therapists lawyers teachers like just they're very like I see you. <laughs> yeah,
1: I, I have <laughs> I, terrifying. Yeah, I feel like immediately I was like, McGonagall is the Queen of Swords. Totally. Like I'm just like, that's uh, just that, That's just who she is. She's just, you know, she's very sharp. She's very mm-hmm. logical. She's just like no bullshit.
0: She's got that like tight bun she pulls out at the end of the book, seventh book. <laughs> <laughs> and she's with this, oh, with her wand. It's time for at
2: that the ready. Boomerang again. <laughs> you
1: I love how it's. Good. We're gonna get so much use out of that. I know. It's just like every time we mention Morgana, We're like, oh.
0: such a babe. I'm like, oh my god! Now she has a sword. <laughs> she does. All right. I knew it was a sword, but I said wand instead. But it is. It's a sword. Did you the say end. wand?
2: I heard you mm-hmm. say sword. So
0: you probably was. We're just, just reading my mind. It. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah, man. So
0: Harry's Chosen Family is... Sorry. So- <laughs>
2: strong.
1: <laughs> Are, you still- <laughs> Are you still hung up on McGonagall? Is that yeah. what's
2: happening? No, I was just thinking about we that personal the so personal bot. Like, <laughs> strong makes me hard. <laughs>
1: like, McGon- me
2: McGonagall hard. with a sword. Just like... <laughs> oh, my God. There- There's
0: your graphic for this week. <laughs>
2: oh Oh my God! Um,
0: Strong makes me hard.
2: Literally, all I do when we talk about McGonagall is make myself blush so hard and be like, "Why am I it's releasing this much information movie. about myself into the world?"
0: It is a lot of information without saying much. It's like, oh, that's exactly what lark. That's, that's exactly it. Strong makes me hard. You know. Yep. Yep.
2: Yep. <laughs> anyway, we have so many cards to get through. <laughs> i'm gonna keep us on track
0: we gotta yeah Your let's benevolent we need dictator to, you need to dad you need to dad the situation speaking <laughs> of
2: dads it's time to talk about the emperor and dumbledore oh my god i am the king of segways the emperor is the dad archetype gotcha <sighs> which can be sort of a like for better or worse it's mm. interesting sometimes this card shows up as like being representing like stability and safety and or a need for those things but sometimes it shows up as like literally the patriarchy yeah so we talked about it a second ago a little bit how this Dumbledore is Dumbledore's daddy and not in a good Absolute way daddy.
0: <laughs> yeah. it's like what Rhea Butcher said they said like I don't have daddy issues I have a father problem which I think Carrie can probably attest to yeah he has a father problem he
2: really has a father problem
0: like all of his fathers are bad even Mm -hmm. the ones that are dead you know
2: i feel like james would have been one of those like sitcom dads you know (laughs) like Mm
3: -hmm. present
2: but like not you know
1: but but also like harry would have had multiple sitcom dads because he would have also had uh lupin and sirius it, oh. it would be a little bit like full house i guess vibe, like the original oh. one
2: <laughs> you just made harry's parents deaths like a thousand times more tragic which is quite a feat
1: i'm i'm sorry i i feel like when i first read uh prisoner of azkaban i was like so upset because there's that moment where it's like oh my god harry's gonna have this awesome like parental figure that he's gonna live with it's gonna be so rad and then it's just like snatched away and i'm just like i just can't remember that just like the first time reading it just being so crushed just being like but no it would have we could have had it all yeah oh so sorry that a fire truck just went past
0: I I think it's totally accurate that a fire truck would go by.
1: Yeah.
0: about this, <laughs> but also thinking about it makes me happy in a way that like like I mean it, there wouldn't be a book if it was that way it would because Harry would just have really happy happy like home life or whatever. It's like all like who like most people don't have a good father figure anyway. But he would have four like literally. Or why
2: do dads suck? what is <laughs> this problem
0: What toxic masculinity <sighs> yes yeah, it's, it's definitely the patriarchy like
2: literally stop reproducing if you yeah. don't want to be a fucking dad like do you know this is a choice you Absolutely. don't have to do it
0: i think james i i i did blanket statement james and like i don't know what kind of father he'd be like but a lot of my like interpretation of james is really through like Snape's journey and like hmm. how Snape relates to James and like just how cr- unnecessarily like cruel he was. Um, and so like I think that's where I was coming from when I was like, Yeah, all of his dads suck.
2: <laughs> but you know, what's interesting is that like I just don't know because like Remus describes Snape and James's relationship as being a lot like Malfoy and Harry. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Harry is a lot kinder than James was, but like. I mean, Snape was, like, literally already becoming a Death Eater before he left school, and, like, Mm -hmm. he hated James. I feel like the memories that we get are very, very biased, and, like, Snape Mm -hmm. was probably, like, dishing out as much as he was getting. And that doesn't make what what James did okay at all. Like, Mm -hmm. don't rise to it. It's, like, that's... you you're still a bully even if the person you're bullying is bullying you. But, like, mm-hmm. I don't think Snape is, like, a reliable source of, like, what that relationship dynamic was like.
1: Which, I mean, I think I think you're right. Mm-hmm. I would still sort of take into account my interpretation of James as kind of an asshole as he was still an incredibly popular, handsome kid who came from a lot of money. And, like, if he was the only child, probably spoiled rotten – Mm-hmm. And like, those kind of dudes can be really nice, but it's also like you have all this other stuff that can really just be like, ugh, you know? <laughs> yeah. yeah,
0: and and I think probably the stories that we heard, like we didn't we didn't really hear a lot of James, like James's backstory in terms of like when Snake was antagonizing him. So like we, but we're but I think that J.K. Rowling wants us to like have sympathy for snape in the moment that we learn about james you know turning him upside down or whatever and showing everybody his underwear we like that at that point in the story she's trying to convince us that like this is gonna like, that we have to care about this character in some way
2: which some of us are more vulnerable to <laughs> than others
0: yeah <laughs> jesse <laughs> You dirty snape lover.
1: Listen, I, I, I stand I stand by my I stand by my emo drama queen. Yeah. And I mean the fact that like, you know, James still does the whole like one of my best friends is the werewolf, so I'm gonna go through this really complicated, like, magical experience in order to like help him not be so lonely is like very is pretty amazing, you know. That is amazing. That is amazing.
2: I mean I feel like just because just because someone is like popular and like self confident in high school doesn't necessarily mean that they're an asshole. Like just you you like refer to the marauders as assholes a lot, but the only evidence we have for that is like from Snape's perspective. And like I don't get the impression that they're like cruel as a general rule. They're just like those cool kids, you know? Mm-hmm.
3: Mm-hmm. Like
2: they are just, like, they are very confident. They have their, like, in-group and they are just, like, down with that. And I don't think that that's necessarily bad if they're not, like, harming, if they're not bullying as a result of it. I don't know. And it, we don't ever get the impression, like, that there were other people that were suffering in the same way that Snape was at their hands.
1: Yeah, I mean, I guess I guess I kind of think that and you know, you're totally right. Like I don't necessarily think they were like bullying other people. I think that the thing with like Snape and the Marauders was probably a very like special singular case, mm. but I think that they might have kind of been assholes the same way that like Fred and George are kind of assholes where they're like like they're good like they're good guys, but like they do a lot of shit that's like super annoying. <laughs> And I think definitely sort of like had some of like the same sort of chaotic good energy that like Fred and George have currently. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. I love looking
0: at it like that because it's they have this spe- like Fred and George have this other special quality to them, which is that they're both they are both creators and they both create chaos, but like it's out of like a sense of joy mm-hmm. and fun, and like that's what they did like as the friends of like Lupin they like created this like whole other world that like made them a pack and made them like a group of friends that like had something special going on that made it feel very like inclusive right
2: Mm. right Um, I feel like with Fred and George like they take up too much space I think is a lot of the issue that we have with them but like they are very like they're very popular they're very like Insular to some extent, but then, like in the next book, when Harry is being bullied, like they go out of their way to escort him through the hallways, take him Mm. from class to class so that he can't be bullied, and like tell everyone to like get way, get out of the way of the heir of Slytherin, like make a joke out of it, and like make (laughs) Harry feel better, and like, yeah, what a great way to take up too much room, right? Like they're that's not something that they had to do right mm-hmm. like they're a lot older than him and they're just like you know what like this kid needs this right now mm-hmm. and they do it and they like they're there for neville sometimes right like they
3: mm-hmm.
2: there's like right i think chaotic good is a really good yeah word for it um which anyone if you don't know what that's about just go find any D and D meme And you'll
1: understand. (laughs) I think if you just Google chaotic good, I'm sure a million memes will pop up.
2: Actually, there's a Wikipedia article you can read about what that meme means. So, yeah.
1: Let's get back on track. Sorry.
2: (laughs) We have so much to say about dads.
0: (laughs) Dumbledore, like, he, like, he runs an entire school. Not well, but... Right. He runs an entire (laughs) world like he yeah like everybody is like like he's not in charge in the ministry but like people but want him to be But he is. Yeah, like he has contacts there like he's influential like
1: like yeah. people are loyal to him and that's sort of how yes. it's described as like it's not like people are like oh I'm friends with Dumbledore it's like I'm like loyal to him, you know. Yeah.
2: Yeah, and so I wanted to talk about this card in terms of reversals because this, in terms of us thinking about the Emperor as Dumbledore, I think the reversal is really much more accurate. So I have just like, you know, a generic description of the Emperor reversed, which talks about how this card reversed can suggest an overuse and abuse of authoritative power and maybe because of deep insecurities or father issues from childhood. Uh,
0: Oh my god, Dumbledore's family.
2: Right, it says, are you asserting your power and dominance in a way that leaves others feeling powerless? Power can be equally and constructively distributed. You don't need to take it from others. So... It, like, really is in that position, it's about, like, it can it, it can also be about, like, giving away too much of your personal power, but, you know, if we think about, like, what Dumbledore is and, like, what he's doing, overbearing, possessive, dominating, authoritative, like, that is super accurate, like, demanding too much, unequal partnerships, like this is the way that he's using his power and I think that that it makes sense to like really be reading him as the emperor reversed.
0: Yeah, bad dad. Yeah.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Absolutely. Alright, Hermione slash the Hierophant. Um, Jesse, did you have a different reading of the Hierophant?
1: No. No.
2: I think, so the Hierophant is like, um... (sighs) A hard card to explain, it's like a card of authority and like leadership in a very different way than the Emperor. It's about like rules, like following Ooh. rules,
3: <laughs> but also oh. like
1: knowledge and like nailed sort of it like, like the, the the power and the sort of authority of the Helophant being all about like the distribution of knowledge, you know. Yeah, and a lot
2: yeah. of times a Hierophant will come up for someone who like needs to go to therapy. You know, mm-hmm. it's not.
0: I think that that's like also like maybe explain like the archetype of the Hierophant. like what is the hierophant in, like what is that based? on? It's like on?
2: an a religious authority figure.
0: Okay, so like,
2: like the pope,
0: like sort of <laughs> over like knowledge, like the so it's knowledge and it's rules and it's like about the sort of like religious like devotion in a way, like like religiously being controlled by an idea or like because like how Hermione reads books like and like takes them as fact right like and doesn't it it's sort of like that idea right
2: yeah and yeah and the hierophant really loves structure right mm-hmm. which can mm-hmm. be like if everything in your life is in chaos and the hierophant comes up it's like you need to go to therapy because you need to like get that shit laid out structure. in a way that you can actually like understand it and look at it right
0: yeah yeah um,
2: yeah. The Hierophant is another really interesting card in terms of reversals because the Hierophant reversed is, like, the black sheep and, like, going your Mm -hmm. own way and, like, making your own path and, like, following your own rules. Mm -hmm. And I feel like Hermione Mm -hmm. is the Hierophant on, like, a Wibble Wobble. (laughs) Like, um, she really, like, if it was just, like, on a... Single, like a rotating point like mm-hmm. Hermione's is like ooh, ooh, back and forth in terms of like how she is manifesting hierophant energy I guess right mm-hmm. like she does still love really love idea. rules and she does really like rely on authority sources of authority especially books to like guide her but then she mm-hmm. also will be like you know what this one's wrong and fuck it we are too cold, and I need to carry fire around because children <laughs> should not be this cold, right, like even if the authority figures say she can't do that, so she has like a line, and at that line, her hierophant energy just like flips completely upside down, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, and I, and I think that happens definitely like more in the later books, where you see her mind being mm-hmm. like, "Fuck that rule, I'm just gonna do what i what I think is right, you know, uh-huh. Like, definitely part of Hermione's journey, yeah, yeah yeah, I feel like from like book three on, it just happens more and more, you know
3: where shes just, it's like... so
1: liberating to watch
0: <laughs> to or to like experience like when I mean when Hermione um punches Draco in the face,
3: <laughs> it's nice. like one of the
0: best like moments for me uh-huh. in her in her character arc because you're just like whoa yes bitch like get it like fuck, fuck him up he deserves it you know right yep.
1: three years you're like oh yes you should have done this like probably in this book it was just yeah <laughs> yeah honestly probably as soon as you met him but
0: you know she wasn't doing the deep reversal yet right she wasn't bending all the way backwards on the point yeah that's so interesting. I love looking, I love the lens of tarot. This is such an interesting idea because it's like our world is archetypes and we're built on archetypes and we can, we can relate it. Like all of us like have these figures in our life and like we have a Hermione and like we have a higher, like we do have a higher fan in our life and like, I don't know. It's just such a great way to construct. This is a great idea, Jesse. Yeah, it is.
1: Yeah. I mean, and it's also just, like, a great way of, like, looking at, like, media. It's just, like, a basically another way of looking at, like, literature and, like, kind of, like, cultural, like, tropes. Mm -hmm,
3: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Harry Potter is the fool in this first book, as is, like, Luke Skywalker in the first Star Wars, as is, like, Katniss kind of in the first (laughs) Hunger Games book. I
2: feel like Katniss starts at Magician. Yeah. Like, Katniss was born at Magician.
1: (laughs) maybe a little more in book two where she's just like what the fuck is this you know yeah maybe that's Mm -hmm. more of that energy anyway but we we love archetypes and sort of it comes up a lot (laughs) it's cool
2: um okay so key six is the lovers which i feel like is really i don't know straightforward in this i think it just is really like harry finding friendships and finding that chosen family that we've been talking about yeah the lovers is not always about romantic relationships it it's just about like that kind of like really deep mutual care. I don't know, Jesse. Do you have anything deeper on that? No,
1: I think that's that's pretty spot on. So,
2: so the chariot.
1: I don't think I, I don't have anything for the chariot. I feel like.
2: All right. So when I was taking my notes for this, what I wrote for the chariot was. Oh yes, that forward movement at any cost. No looking at anything but the goal. Energy, dude is all up in that
0: energy. <laughs> dude is all energy. <laughs> oh my gosh. So, okay.
2: Because <laughs> the, the the chariot is really like goal pursuit, right?
0: Uh huh. Uh huh. Uh huh.
2: And Harry like will not back the fuck off. Like, he's like, even though it is, like, a useless goal, yeah. <laughs> like, there's no reason for him to be this invested in it, but he oh. is, like, on a path, and he's just, like, going, he's going after it, so I guess that's where I was sort of seeing the char- the chariot come in.
0: Yeah, I mean, all three, Ron, Hermione, and Harry, like, going through the trapdoor mm-hmm. and being like, yeah, we're gonna do it, guys! All of us together. It's like, can you imagine being like 11 with your two friends and being like, um,
2: honestly, yes. <laughs> 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 I like, like ran away from home when I was 11 or 12.
3: Oh my gosh! Because
2: I like was mad at my parents, and I just like packed up me and my little brother, and
0: oh, you took your brother with <laughs> you. <laughs>
2: I think I like Mm -hmm. saw a TV show where like these kids ran away and then like when their parents found them they were like we're so sorry that like you were so sad and feeling so neglected and I was like we're gonna do this and like our parents are not gonna be so shitty anymore and instead we just got grounded for six months
3: (laughs) (laughs) it's a bad it's a
2: bad plan it didn't work out
0: oh Uh, your brother got grounded too even though it was your idea it's yeah. kind
2: of like Neville getting <laughs> detention, even though yeah. he was just trying to stand up for his friends.
0: <laughs> I love bringing it back to Harry Potter. Trying nice so hard. going. Uh, okay, so the chariot, yeah.
2: Okay, then we have strength, which I feel like is one of the places that Harry ends this book. Like, I don't think it comes up in the middle, but I think that he leaves Hogwarts in a in that place of strength really for the first time in his relationship with the Dursleys
1: yeah no uh, I would agree because yeah I I feel like he does end the book somewhere like in this sort of area of the major arcana and I think strength is a really good card just because like this is also the only book where like he leaves like not emotionally battered <laughs> or or physically
3: mm-hmm. battered yep
1: mm. very very true
2: Yeah, I feel like the only other, like, I think strength is the end point, but I do think that, like, obviously, like, the Wheel of Fortune is at play through the entire book. And then, obviously, we have, like, the devil and the tower and death all going on here, too. So we, like, skip a bunch, basically, and then sort of come back to strength.
1: And, like, sort of uh, the... Mm wheel of fortune is sort of like you know when things are happening in the background and you're not quite like like things are happening but you're not totally aware of it yet but it's gonna affect you Mm -hmm. it's sort of the like um wheel of fortune wheel of fortune jeez that's that's not what it's called i said wheel of fortune and i'm like that's not that is what it is i think i've said it out loud i'm like that's a game show um it is a game show.
2: It's a game show named okay. after a tarot card.
1: Anyway, so,
0: yes. So the Wheel of Four... But it's not, like, a big wheel with, like, a bunch of, like, money on it that you win. It
2: is a big wheel, but instead of things, money that you win, it just is, like, a bunch of big scary changes that could be
1: happening. <laughs> right, yeah,
0: absolutely. It's, like, it's, it's the um, unpredictable... Right? It's unpredictability. Yeah.
1: yeah. So, like, mm. Dumbledore and Voldemort are both spinning this wheel.
2: Yes, exactly.
1: Mm.
2: Yeah. Yeah, so this, and honestly, like, the the Wheel of Fortune is basically just churning in the background for Harry through the entire series. He would never get a reading where this didn't come up.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm not just imagining, like, the set of Wheel of Fortune, but it's, like, Dumbledore and Voldemort <laughs> yeah. are both only ever spinning. <laughs> and harry's just like i don't understand what really is happening can i buy a vowel but he can't because he has no money
0: yeah and also but like and which also... one is like
2: pat sajak
0: <laughs> is that Vol- the like
2: yeah the host voldemort's on the back of his head, <laughs> <laughs> maybe his forward-facing face is dumbledore oh <laughs> on oh my the god! Back, under his, like, I was weird gonna hair. say,
0: I was gonna say that the reason that it was like when Voldemort was trying to figure out like how he would manifest and come back to like do this thing that he wanted to do to steal the stone,
3: mm-hmm. that's
0: how he discovered it was that he spun the wheel of fortune and was like, "Oh man, like I have to be on the back of this like guy's head!" Oh my god! <laughs> like, fuck, that sucks! Oh my god, that's so funny. <laughs> <laughs> uh, like no. you know it just seems like something that you would never ever choose for yourself but yeah your joke about like how bad the turban must smell is the most amazing
3: <laughs> thing we have world. to talk
0: about it <laughs> like how it's just breathing no, into the turban was no, <laughs> like death breath you know? stop
3: making me talk about <laughs>
0: It's so funny. It was probably moist in there too at the time.
2: I can't deal with it.
3: Moisture (laughs) instead. Okay. Okay, I'm done. Thank you. I don't believe you.
2: (sighs) Okay. So. I don't know. I don't know actually how much like the devil really comes in here, but like the tower and death both are here pretty majorly, right, Jesse?
1: I actually sort of want to, and I haven't like really totally decided like where sort of Snape falls into this, but I feel Mm. like maybe considering that like, I don't know. I kind of want to say that maybe like Snape is sort of the hermit in this or because i feel like he is sort of like what he is doing is sort of harry's like driving force and obsession like for like two-thirds of the book where he's like oh it's clearly snape who was trying to steal the sorcerer's stone and like a lot of him trying to like figure out what's going on is sort of motivated by his observation of like snape's actions and like
2: how does that play into like hermit energy? I don't know if I'm following That's kind of
1: why I'm still like. And it's just, I don't know, just because like Snape is. He's just so different than like the rest of the other staff that like Harry has encountered. Like even just outside of like his personal hatred of like Harry. I don't know. I'm still trying to like. I also potentially have him as the King of Swords or the Knight of Cups reversed. I haven't figured that out Yeah. I have a couple, add a couple of things.
2: Yeah. Interesting. I don't know.
1: Which is to say, I couldn't tell if he was like a big archetype or like a sort of smaller like court card.
2: I don't feel like he's like super archetype but I also like sitting here thinking about it. I'm like, I don't know what archetype is Tybalt because I feel like Tybalt and Snape are the same. Whatever that Wait. energy is, like from Romeo and Juliet. I'm sorry.
0: Oh, okay. I was like.
2: Prince of mm-hmm. Cats.
0: <laughs> Great. Love, love, love.
2: Because they have like a similar vibe a similar like my entire point in this story is just to like be bad and like make badness happen and maybe that is the devil like maybe snape is bringing devil energy because like he is a source of fear constant fear and anxiety for harry and it's unwarranted in a lot of ways and that's what the devil is really about is like something that you feel like you can't get away from something that you feel is like making you stuck and making you suffer but like you can actually walk away from it
1: but i guess i also sort of want to incorporate the fact that like while like here like snape is like just super atrocious to harry like he still does a lot of things that end up benefiting and helping harry like in the end so. Which maybe, maybe still, maybe, maybe.
2: Still. So I'm not saying that Snape is, is the devil. I'm talking about the energy he's bringing into Harry's life. Like the way he's showing up for Harry, like Hermione's showing up as a Hierophant, but she isn't yeah. the Hierophant. I think Snape is like providing the devil energy, even though that wouldn't be the card that represents That's Snape. True. But like for Harry, he is that source of like unwarranted, somewhat unwarranted energy. Um, like fear and um, anxiety and whatever feeling like
0: he's definitely just a figure of like to throw us off right like in a very children's book way like having that like villain yeah so that villain character but he is like working behind the scenes to protect him ultimately and like doing dumbledore's bidding essentially
2: I mean he's a pawn too
1: yeah I mean Dumbledore is also sort of a shitty uh, paternal figure to him but also I feel like because of Snape's past he's had two (laughs) shitty paternal figures in his life and it's like
2: he keeps falling into these three if we count Voldemort oh my god
0: Snape's two dads dads are Dumbledore Dumbledore and Voldemort are Snape's two dads like yikes
2: Yeah, and once Voldemort's back, he's, like, dealing with both. It's, like, his divorced dads that are, like, doing being Uh. divorced really wrong. Constantly, like, your father.
3: (laughs) Are you on my side or his side? Oh, my God. Wow.
2: You just garnered, like, an ounce of sympathy for Snape from me, so... Excellent work! Yes,
1: <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait to talk about <laughs> Snape's two dads and like the later books, <laughs> just
0: how I'm gonna yeah Snape's two dads. what a
1: <sighs> oh yeah, it's a hard, hard life. Yeah, there's a lot yeah. of parent issues happening in in these books with almost everyone. Maybe yeah. not Ron, yeah, but, totally. but like I think,
2: dude, I have a lot to say about the fucking Weasley. Hustle. That is fair.
1: That is fair. I guess I guess I'm gonna I'm
2: I'm gonna keep it in we've been talking for a long time (laughs)
1: yeah keep it inside
2: so the tower the tower comes after death but I feel like in this in Harry's like trajectory in this book it comes first so the tower is just like upheaval so like it's a very scary looking card in every deck but it literally can come up for, like, you're going to have a baby. It just means, like, everything is about to change. So, okay. like, but it can be, like, awful. Like, it can definitely mean terrible things, but it also oh. doesn't always.
0: It feels like the death card, right?
2: The death card usually doesn't mean something – can mean something very, very hard, but it's not usually mm-hmm. something like... The tower is a very, like, fast, like, abrupt change. So, like, okay. even though you're pregnant for nine months, right,
3: mm-hmm. the
2: difference between being pregnant and having an infant is enormous. And that happens mm-hmm. in one moment, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Um, So, like, everything with the tower is very, like, boom, whereas death is often, like, a slower change. The death card is, like the card that was in my like year tarot spread for the month when i like decided to start taking testosterone so it was mm-hmm. like my whole year was leading me up to that point and it like is a card about like metamorphosis in a lot of ways it's like an ending and a new beginning and they're always mm-hmm. together so that's yeah like the big difference between those so like harry goes through the tower right like oh, fuck, like, Quirrell has, or, you know, quote-unquote Snape has the thing, like, we have to go, like, all this stuff and, like, this fight and whatever, but then, like, the death part of it actually comes after, like, when he's recovering and, like, he's learned all these things about himself and, like, he's never gonna be the same.
1: And I I feel like the book really plays down Harry having murdered Quirrell, so I feel like maybe the, like, more sort of, where I feel like a lot of that, like, death energy actually is a sort of Harry learning these like minute details of like why Voldemort wants to kill him like it's not it's not mm-hmm. even like oh this dude was a like ridiculous fascist and was murdering a bunch of people it's like something about Harry is like means that like you know Voldemort was specifically targeting him and his family and like
3: mm-hmm.
1: I think just sort of having to like him like coming to terms with like that sort of shift in like his thinking about who he is Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and like that like that sort of informs like harry like for the rest of the series and like the rest of his life really
2: yeah and i think in the way that like the death card is sort of like slow like harry really is like going through this metamorphosis from the time that hagrid comes to get him because like what he's going through this whole year is like learning who he is, like, learning his past and, like, his identity for the first time ever. Uh And he sort of gets, like, these, like, crucial pieces from Voldemort and a little bit from Dumbledore at the end that sort of allow him to step into that place of, of strength and, like, go home to the Dursleys being like, I'm gonna be okay because he's, like, found a sense of identity that he's never had before in his life Uh mm-hmm all right is there anything else that we should touch on
0: what about maybe you guys did this in episode 10 but about the whole like idea of like how his mother's love like manifests in that moment where he like kills a teacher (laughs) but like you know that that moment where like that's a protection over him like his mother exists in book one as like this force that like ultimately ends the battle or whatever and that's like, the the big thing he's going through
2: we actually didn't talk about that at all in episode 10 oddly yeah that is except for like how upsetting it probably was for harry to learn that and then have no one offer him any support
0: <laughs> what learn what that
2: like his mom died for him oh yeah and then like have no one be there for him post him learning about it like he cries and dumbledore just looks pointedly out the window and waits for him to stop crying um so i believe our only commentary on that was will someone please offer this child some fucking support
0: (laughs) (laughs) neville needs to pass off the basket of kittens yeah right now
1: just for a moment yeah
2: no that's Um, interesting how is lily showing up in this
1: i don't know i feel like i guess i would say maybe like some some cups energy
2: that sacrifice though like is definitely archetypical i feel like it is probably also like empress energy but like obviously she can't actually like show up as the empress because she's not like maybe it's high
1: priestess energy
2: that also feels correct Because that's right. That's more like up here.
1: Um, Like it's like
2: I'm gesturing above my head, (laughs)
3: listeners.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it's more like it's more like mysterious and like harder to quantify. Is sort of like high, high high priestess energy. Uh, And I just feel like I feel like that's sort of I feel that's sort of a lot of like what Lily's vibe is for like a lot of the series. Is this sort of just like mysterious intangible yet really important protection and connection that she has with with harry
2: in a lot of ways it's like what people feel like when they pray i think or like that like connection with like the universe or like whatever your god is right like that's how she is showing up in his life as this like intangible but like very present for him Force. Like
1: like she is still like her love for him like still like literally like lives on and protects him even after her death.
2: Right.
0: Well, like how everybody always says that he has his mother's eyes, like he's his little literal lens of the world and like the way that he is like like the, the place he's looking through is like like through his mother's eyes. Oh my like God, your
2: English professor just underlined and like five exclamation marked <laughs> Excellent I know. Work. I'm like nodding my head.
1: I'm like, oh yeah, that's great. Yeah, like, how did, like, you know,
2: it's um, like his literal literally, <laughs>
0: yeah, it's like literally, literally, the eyes are his mom's <laughs> no, eyes. That's great.
3: Dude.
0: Yeah, yeah, and I think also, of course, Snape. Not sorry to bring up Snape. I don't want to trigger you, Lark, but <laughs> like he, like, can sense that. Like she isn't there, right? She's like this. But she is a presence like she like just like lives on like she's her whole life ended and like Harry's life was just like beginning. And like so she's just like this. Yeah, she's like a cloak. She's like this this present force around him and like shows up when he needs it most.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: So that's cool.
2: Well said. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Great. Lily, Lily, <laughs> Lily. Lily is so mommy, you know?
2: Yeah. Uh She's, she was still a baby when she, like, performed this, like, ultimate mom sacrifice. She's totally. one fucking years old, like.
1: Wait, really? Yikes. Like, yeah. The, the movies, like, really, like, since they're always portrayed by older actors, and especially, like, Snape and, like, Sirius, but, like, they're super young in, like, Snape's in his, like, early 30s. Like, 32. And, yeah. Like, yeah. In and, like, part. yeah, oh like, his parents died, like, when they were, like, in their early 20s yeah fuck man Yeah. for whatever reason they graduated like oh there's literally a war going on i guess it's time to have some babies i don't know oh well you know
0: have sex when you feel anxiety like then you make babies okay i'm
2: really glad this is happening because i missed the opportunity the first time we talked about it but there's this punk band where i grew up uh that had a song called make babies or die trying (laughs) it's a shame that is like the song (laughs) For this moment. It is. (laughs)
0: That's like what Lily and James were listening to every day. Uh You know, it's like the world's falling apart. Let's just like make a baby. Yeah. And then die.
3: Yeah.
1: (laughs) So of course I saw an internet meme that relates to this. Where someone was like, Harry and uh, Neville were both born at the end of July. Which means that Sirius had like one hell of a Christmas party like the year before. And I'm like
2: that's
0: probably also <laughs> a legit explanation yeah yeah absolutely yeah it's hilarious <laughs> very know. funny
2: yeah we did it yeah
0: we did it did I think we did, we did, did it, it does time.
2: everyone feel completed jesse needs so cool. to eat
0: jesse jesse's not hangry but like just like guys very politely like guys can we wrap this up because my stomach is eating itself. Nope, not even that. Literally just, every I...
2: time we record, we're like, it'll be fine. We're gonna start at what do we start at it's... five your time? Yeah. Jesse, and yeah. now it's like almost nine. Yikes. Jesse go
0: eat. That's fucked
2: up. We add an an additional person and do just exponentially more time. Alright. Thank you for listening to the Gaily Prophet sarah you should tell the people where they can find you
0: um my instagram handle is sar warrior and that's because my last name is sar war so um and www.autostraddle.com and store.autostraddle.com buy my Mm t-shirts
2: i endorse this message i wear your t-shirts you can find The Gaily Prophet on the internet at The Gaily Prophet on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. We are also Woo. at thegailyprophet.com where you can see all of the comics every week that Theo Julian Forrester, our cartoonist, makes inspired that are inspired by the episode. That sentence was structured very strangely. <laughs> uh, you can find us at Patreon, where probably big chunks of this episode will have ended up. <laughs> And that's Patreon dot com slash the Gayley Prophet. <laughs> oh, Jesse, where can the people find you?
1: Uh, in between episodes, you can find me on Twitter at uh, Jesse underscore Detroit, and on Instagram at Live from Detroit.
2: Your uh, Twitter, like your name name on Twitter, is like big Sagittarius energy. Is that accurate? Yes, because <laughs> the Sag symbol looks like. It. <laughs> so so
1: good it's just the symbol
3: that's amazing it's for for a
1: while it was big donut emoji energy which is also relevant (laughs) that's also
2: really good (laughs) yes oh god so clearly you should
3: follow (laughs) jesse i'm
0: doing it right now
2: you can find me in between episodes at my website which is larkmalachi.com which is a place that you can book a tarot reading with me if you would like one uh, you can find me on Instagram at Lark Malachi. It's L-A-R-K-M-A-L-A-K-A-I, or on Instagram at Radical Healer. Our spoiler warning
0: <laughs> was made possible by Lark asking me to record it.
2: Asking is such a kind word
0: because <laughs> he was so tired of making different recordings for different parts of the podcast. Ugh. And what was over for tea, and that's how it happened.
2: Yep. I had, like, something really poor made. It was not good. And I was like, can this please be fine? And Sarah was like, absolutely not. And I was like, well, then, here's a fucking microphone. (laughs) Fix it. (laughs) That's
3: that's how it happened. (laughs) Uh. Oh. Oh,
2: and just speaking of, everybody get excited, because at the start of every season, we're going to use the extended spoiler warning, which is every time i listen to it i just start (laughs) laughing it's so beautiful
0: (laughs) i just get so mad if nobody's read the books even in my like normal day-to-day life i'm like this is impossible and rude it's a rude thing to not have read how can they hurt you like that (laughs) how could you like i feel like i
1: try to be generous with people about having not read the books but i'm always just like or you could just read them
3: (laughs) right
0: Here's a fun idea. Read some really great books. Like, just take some time to read these fucking books that permeated our culture in such dramatic ways. Like,
1: do it.
3: Hmm.
2: Accurate.
1: Yeah, it's definitely better than reading about, I don't know, sad dudes who have, like, a midlife crisis or whatever.
3: (laughs) 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 Mm -hmm. Okay.
1: Uh, Our theme song music is by Kevin McLeod and our logo was created by Theo Julian Forrester and you can find him on Instagram at Theo Julian Forrester. Yeah.
2: Until next time.